This podcast was recorded live on April 1st at 10 p.m. Things may have changed since the time of this recording. Please enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. I am Samora, your host, and the fellas are here for another episode of SJH Man Cave. We are live on Facebook and looking forward to another fantastic conversation. You can follow our Facebook page at SJH Man Cave and our Facebook group at SJH Podcast Family to get notified when we're going live and engage in discussions we have throughout the week. You can also see our videos on YouTube at SJH Man Cave. And with all that being said, let's dive right in. So this has been an interesting week with Little Nas X releasing a music video where he is seen uh, riding a stripper pole from heaven down into hell and giving Satan a lap dance and coming out with satanic shoes that have human blood in them. Just a drop. (laughs) Just a drop. Just a drop. So there's been a lot of conversation about whether or not um, more Satanism and devil music is taking over the industry. Should your children be protected from Little Nas X and artists like him? And just in general, what is and is not acceptable? You know, and I thought this brings up an interesting conversation because you always have these phases where older people come in and they say what these younger people are doing is just (laughs) absolutely terrible. And it's unprecedented. We weren't like this when we were young, blah, 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 blah. So I think it brings up a great discussion about what, what lengths were, did our parents go to to try to protect us from content and what should we be doing now to try to protect our children and make sure they're exposed to things that are positive and that are going to assist in making sure that they're brought up right. So to start this dialogue off, brothers, what uh, were your parents strict about what content you were exposed to? And Jason, I'll start with you. Uh, I didn't get to listen to my first rap song <laughs> until, damn, I was I was high school, like eighth grade. I don't think it was because there were any restrictions on it. it. One, one, it was I wasn't aware it really existed. Number one, because uh, I, I was into like real heavy '80s stuff when I was a kid, like you know, all the Tears for Fears and all the other stuff. All the, you know, every '80s movie had a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, you, if you look at any videos that my kids or of my kids like when I'm driving in a car, like I relive the '80s all day long. So like I, I I didn't get into rap real heavy till I pretty much got to high school, and most of the dudes I went to high school with let me know how lame I was because of it. <laughs> so uh, it wasn't necessarily that I had restrictions on it. Like for me, it, it's just that I wasn't aware of it, so it was never really an issue for my parents. So it wasn't one of the things where they had to, you know, come hey, just this music is you know whatever now. And uh, like my, if anybody was listening to it when I was younger, it was probably my sister. But I really didn't pay too much attention to what she liked anyway. So I was all into my own world. So I didn't, I, like I said, I didn't have any really restrictions. But once I started listening to it, it was uh, it it was one of them things where it was kind of like, well, Jason, we see that you're listening to some things here that are seem a little on the offensive side. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of a lot of derogatory, just a lot of cursing involved. I think my father and it was just more more interested in the fact that it was a lot of cursing that I was listening to. Mm-hmm. But it's funny 
because it was it was like um the question that I or the little incident that I posted about Jada asking me about you know why she can't listen to these type of songs when I curse I've been cursing since since birth. It was pretty much the same way in my house. Like I my father cursed like a sailor. <laughs> like I think that's pretty much where I got it from. Hmm. I have to admit that because I I remember cursing a lot, like around hmm. sixth seventh grade. I just knew better to do it than in front of my father. Hmm. He he'd never find out. I, any adult or anything like that? No, 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 no. But, but I, I got to. I got it from watching him. But they didn't place have to place many restrictions on you because you weren't no. into that kind of stuff. Okay, oh, yeah, that, I wasn't really into it, and then it was it was just one of the things where it was just like. I, 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 if there was something I was into that I didn't think they would approve of, I made sure that they didn't know I was doing it. Hudson, what about you? So my dad, my dad didn't didn't restrict anything that I watched or or anything like that. I, he restricted every damn thing else. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, if if you if you're not letting me do a single thing without you knowing about it, I mean, it don't much matter what music I listen to or, or what TV show I watch. I ain't going to be able to do nothing with the information anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I I could I mean, like like Jason, though, I didn't really I mean, I was a little earlier in in figuring out about rap. I mean, my buddy started telling me about all that rap stuff with with. Dr. Dre, NWA, probably probably about fifth or sixth grade or something, and that's when I started listening to it. Um, you know, I mean, the, the the all the the bitches and hoes in there didn't didn't make me no never mind really. I mean, if it <laughs> rhymed, it, it was cool to me. I I was more of a liking the beats, but my dad he talked to me so much about different things that you know it, it's. It's like he he did, I guess, what parents should do. If your kids are listening to to content that's that's a little, you know, mature, he explains a lot of things to you. Not necessarily when I'm listening to it. You know, he might come like two weeks later talking about something uh, he heard on on one of my one of my cassettes. Yeah, it was cassettes back then. Um, and, and, and I'd be like. Dad, I ain't listened to that cassette since you. I, I've been done with that. What What are you talking about? But you know, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he explained pretty much everything, so there was no restrictions, really. It wasn't eight track cassettes, was it? It was just regular cassettes. No, it was regular cassettes. No, no eight no track. Okay. <laughs> no eight track. Just wanted to set the precedent here, folks. That's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For me, uh, my, my parents were very restrictive. You know, I've mentioned on the show, of course, that I was homeschooled as a child. And my father was adamant that rap is crap and that he didn't want it playing in his house. And for the most part, my parents were not into really current music. So most of the time, what was playing in my house was was old school stuff. Um, My father liked buying um, they um, Motown came out with a lot of anthologies for their artists. So it would be like these double disc with 20 or 30 of the greatest hits of, you know, the temptations or Smokey Robinson and the miracles or uh, artists like that. And that would just get constant spin (laughs) throughout the house. Um, My first experience with rap really came from my sister um, because my sister was older. So she didn't have the same restrictions that my brothers did. And she liked the brat and she used to listen to mystical 
as well. And so those two were really my first, um, the first time I really got exposed to rap. In fact, I remember the first time my parents bought me a rap CD. It was right after Biggie died and they had his funeral in an article. And as a kid, you know, all the artists that I had gotten into, they were all old school. So they, a lot of them were dead and gone, or at the very least their, their high time, you know, their prime time had already passed. And here I am reading this article about someone who had, you know, just crazy amount of people at his funeral. So many people were hurt. So many people really, really felt impacted by his death. As a child, I didn't understand any of that. So I begged my mother to get me a biggie CD so I could listen to his music and hopefully understand why it had such an effect on them. Before that, we virtually were never allowed to listen to rap. So, <laughs> well, well uh, Samori was Samori was slick with his, huh? He was like, yeah. I, I need to. It's education. I need to understand people in the world. I, I must listen to this. this Seriously, this, this is Biggie Smalls. <laughs> I don't even remember the uh, the name of the article, but I remember looking at the pictures. And it just seemed like there was a crazy amount of people around the casket. And they had interviews with so many people where they were talking about, man, this hurts. Rap is never going to be the same. He was so huge. It made me really, really attracted to it. And like, hey, I really want to understand what's going on here. And my mother relented and bought me Life After Death um, shortly after Biggie died. So that was like my first real <laughs> and, introduction into rap. But other than and, that, I was on lockdown. And your opinion once you heard it. <laughs> did you, Fantastic! Did you, did you, know did funny? you fall out and cry when that because he was gone? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about all that, but what was funny is I finally found a rap song my father liked. He was a huge fan of Ted Crackabits. He used to actually, he used oh, to wow. actually play that song. And it became a little part of his rotation. He actually enjoyed that quite a bit. See, I you know my my cassette like like what I like best like amongst the early rap that I listened to, Naughty by Nature. That mm-hmm. that was that was mine right there because it all they rapped about was was being from the projects, <laughs> was just whooping whooping and beating on people, robbing them, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, being. The <laughs> but I I grew up in the Harold Dickey home, so when I saw mm-hmm. it, oh they they got they got projects on they on they album cover. Yeah, I need to I need to listen to this. And and I was like, yeah, this, this is good right here. This, that's yeah. So so now we're all fathers and we have children, and now we have to make our own decisions about, you know, how do we deal with the content that they're gonna be exposed to. So what kind of how strict are you all about what kind of content your children are allowed to be exposed to? And Jason, I'll start with you. Your children are the oldest. Well, I'll be honest, like, I never, I hadn't really thought about it up until the point until my daughter got a little older, and as I said before, she posted the question, it's like, hey, how come I can't listen to music with cursing in it when I listen to you curse like a sailor? So, honestly, I hadn't really thought about it up until about maybe two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when it comes to music and when it comes to what it is they listen to, I'm always careful only for the simple fact that, yeah, I know it's going to be cursing because they're going to, they're going to be getting it from me regardless. I already, I've, I've accepted that and that's fine. Uh, as long as they know how to use it and when to use it and when not to do it when they mother hear them. Cause she'll rip their tongue out their throat. 
So my thought on it was, well, if you're going to listen to the music, number one, I want to be at least I want I want to be made I want to be available to what it is that you decide you want to listen to. So just in case you got questions, or just in case you don't really understand what it is you're listening to, because the content of my cursing is totally different from what the content of somebody like Lil Nas or Nas himself or anybody else is using, like on his you know on the album. You know mm-hmm. that content that what it is they're talking about in that is either about you know, drug dealing, about treating women a certain way and everything else like that. I use the cursing or at least I use it to express myself in a certain way. And it's not to say that they don't do the same thing, but there's just a different. You mean, you mean like when you stub your toe or 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 somebody driving mm-hmm. too slow? Yeah, <laughs> like if I'm if I'm stubbing my toe, I'm not calling. I'm not saying bitch because I'm thinking the bitch is she's trying to take the money. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's just the first word popped in my mind, in my head because my mm-hmm. foot hurt. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. just just the way people use language and just what it is that they're trying to portray or what it is that they're trying to convey in the music or the way they speak or whatever the case may be is all different. It can all be relative and it could all be it could be something that you can either identify with or it could be something that put, turns you away. And I remember, like I say, like once I started listening to rap music and started listening to music with those types of lyrics in it, I never really understood what they were talking about. And I really didn't have anybody I could have a conversation with to say, hey, what does this mean? So it was one of them situations when I was a kid where it was like, you know, you got to figure it out on your own. So some of that stuff when it comes to rap lyrics, it's about either living it or witnessing it or just being around it, which, you know, when I was a kid, like I, I didn't do a whole lot of game. I didn't do no gang banging or nothing like that when I was a kid. But you know, I hung out with dudes who did. So some of the stuff it was like, oh, that's what that meant. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, oh, well, I need to go in the house because I don't need to be out here for that. <laughs> I'm not about that type of life and shit. You know what right. I'm saying? I'm, I'm not built like that. Mm-hmm. So you know, I in it, in it, I'm I'm not. I've never been opposed to allowing my kids to experience things. Because you can experience, everybody experiences everything differently. But I just want them to have an opportunity to be able to ask questions or have an ability to understand, you know, what it is that they're listening to and why they like it. If you like the beats, hey, we ain't even got to have a conversation about it. That's, I mean, that's all I'm usually, I'm like Hudson. I, I usually like the beats. Whatever these people talking about on, on, the, on the record and whatnot really don't mean nothing to me no more. Mm-hmm. Hudson, what about you? Um, I mean, like, like Jason. Jason has a, a, one of his kids is older, um, so you know he he's got different. You know, he's got kind of a different thing he has to he has to think about. Whereas for me, you know, my mine is at that at that um, nightmare stage. So you know, everything he's given her nightmares. You know, she watched. Uh, she watched uh, Transformers, um, uh, Rescue Rangers, whatever that. Rescue, rescue Bots, Bots, man. It's rescue she Rangers. <laughs> she watched that and got nightmare off of it. You know, and, really? And, yeah. So I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I can't let you watch nothing. Oh. <laughs> so I mean, she just at that stage though. So for me, if it's something that I think is gonna give her problems or, or something, where you know, I, I'm not. I mean, none of the content really that she's going to 
understand at all, right, when it comes to some of these things. Uh, she'll have a ton of questions that, you know, just at this point is not, is not just, I don't, I hate to say not appropriate, but it's just stuff you don't want to go into with with a child that young. So so for that reason, mm-hmm. yes, there, there's a lot of restriction now. Um, but I, I mean, I don't imagine that I'm going to have a whole heck of a lot of restriction when she gets older, because my my plan, my thought pattern is I'm just going to do what my dad is, which is talk to her about the things that she's seeing. And besides that, I you can't stop them from seeing it. All she's going to do is go to a cousin house. They're going to have it on their TV. Mm-hmm. All parents are different. So uh, the only thing I'm doing by restricting it here is I'm not having the conversation with her. I'm not talking to her about what she's seeing. So I'm not there to see what she's seeing and even and even try to try to help her through it. So that's right. the only thing I'm uh, so I'm not gaining anything by restricting her here. Yeah, for me, I'm less concerned with restriction and more concerned with what Jason talked about, making sure that there's open communication between myself and my child so that she knows she can come to me about anything, ask me anything. And also that I've given her a solid foundation. You know, my parents kept me away from music for a long time. But once I really got into rap music, I loved it. Especially when I got I got to Chicago State right when DMX got hot. That's right when Rough Riders Anthem was playing over and over again. And I loved DMX. I loved the just the idea of being a Rough Rider. I wanted to be one of those guys, stop, drop, shut them down, open up, shop, walk around. Like all of that. I was like, this is me. This is me 100%. But at the same time, I had a good enough foundation with my parents to understand that while I may enjoy listening to that music, while I might enjoy Little John and the East Side Boys and run up Ooh. in the club and beat everybody up and <laughs> I ain't never scared and all that, that doesn't mean you should then go to the club and start punching on a bunch of folks. That doesn't mean you should start running around with your shirt off trying to deal drugs and kick other drug dealers off their corners and whatnot. Because none of that leads to the positive life that you're trying to have, right? So you can enjoy the music, but put it in its proper place. Put it in its proper context. Well, and so, Lord, if you kick anybody <laughs> off of a drug corner, I mean, you don't have any drugs to sell. So you get <laughs> in the corner for no reason, brother. Hey, look, if I was a rough rider, I'd have some product to sell. I'd have all that set up. All right, stop, drop, shut them down, open up shop. I knew what that meant. Come on now. <laughs> First of all, let me say this because I'm not I'm not proud of myself in the particular times. It was the early 2000s. Uh, Lil John was quite effective with what he did. Okay, I'm sorry. I had been in some brawls at a bar because Lil John the told said, "Bitch, get out the way." Or <laughs> fucking. I just thought, ooh, I think I punched times. my brother one time and that song came on. It was an accident. <laughs> Keith, I'm, if you listening, bro, I'm sorry. But I think he punched exactly. me too. He knocked a drink out of my hand or something. I knew this. <laughs> Them songs used to come on bro. in the club, Jack. Folks actually used to start fighting. Bro, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's important. <laughs> right. Keith is in the chat saying fighting like a motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> exactly. So I want my I want to ensure that I empower my children to listen to those songs, but put them in the proper context. And I think there's way too many people right now who listen to music and treat it like real life. They yeah. see these guys uh, doing drugs all day, every day, spending crazy amounts of money, doing all sorts of insane antics. And they're like, this is how life should be lived. This is what I should be doing. I should follow in their footsteps. And to me, it's indicative that they don't have a solid foundation and sense of self that you're supposed to get from your community and your home. And so for me, my focus is I want to make sure my daughter has a solid foundation. You can't protect her from everything. You can't isolate her from everything. But I can try to make sure that she understands who she is and the type of life that she is trying to lead so that she can listen to this kind of content, but keep it in its proper context. Um, so sticking with um, how do you protect your children and what do you need to protect your children from being exposed to? And circling back to little Nas X, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about he's someone who has come out as openly gay and yet he's on stage performing in front of kids and that potentially that will poison their minds and lead them down a dark path. And of course, that's only being reinforced with some of the recent things that he's done regarding the satanic quality. My question on an overall basis is, what do you feel like you need to protect your children more? more from? Do you feel like there are more songs and content with homosexual undertones that for whatever reason might be negative for your children? Or do you feel like the real issue is songs and material overall that is heavily violent, heavily misogynistic, but in a heterosexual way? And Hudson, I'll start with you. Uh, I I don't feel I have to protect them from any of it. I mean, if so, music to me is like it's like alcohol. It's not pulling anything out of you that's not there, you know. And people have been using music since, just like just like you said, it's been been happening in music. Keith just said in the chat, it's been happening with music since the beginning of time. People use music as motivation to do things, to push further, to do, to do things, to you work out, you got music in your ears. A lot of people do, you know, when you you got movies, movies come with a soundtrack. Yeah. I mean, it's, you use music to push you further to do, to do more of what you're trying to do. And so just like, just like Jason said, I mean, a lot of folk may have had a frustrating day, you know, been been getting their ass kicked at work for weeks, months. They go to the club, hear a little John and the East Side boys, and yeah, they ready to let it go. They ready <laughs> to let it go. And I mean, that's that's I uh, and and let, let's just address this this whole this whole gay thing. It, it's uh, th- this is not music. It's not turning anyone gay. How much music do you need to listen to? Before it turns, before it turns, you get how, how much do I need to hear right before I all of a sudden, you know what? I think I am going to try. It. I mean, how, how, how many uh, does it take hours, months, years? How much music do I need to listen to? And then ask yourself, am I really going to listen to that much? I mean, right. right? So, I mean, we got to be realistic. If you, 
what music does is just make you feel a little bit more comfortable, right? The only thing Lil Nas X is doing is, is making it where people feel now more comfortable with being who they are, you know? So it, it's nothing with, and, and I don't see anything in his music that he's done. It's not like he's, he's performing sexual acts in front of these kids on stage. <laughs> I mean, he's not doing that. I have seen nothing that suggests that he's doing that. So, so no, I don't feel like I got to protect him from anything, from any of the music. Well, with that statement that you made on that, though, Hudson, I and this is this is more of a question, more not not really a statement, but this is this isn't anything I've researched or it's just stuff that I've heard over many years, and I think probably we've heard the same thing in regards to subliminal messages. So. Even though, like, you asked the question of, like, how much do I really have to listen to in order to be a certain way? Do you believe that there is some subliminal messaging that can invade a person's mind over a certain amount of time? Because at one point in time, I remember, uh, and this was somebody I knew who was, like, a complete conspiracy theorist who thought that Digital Underground had a lot of demonic imagery involved in their music and their videos. And it was very subliminal. It was stuff that you would barely even notice. So a lot of, there are a lot of things in the music music industry that indicate that and have indicated that for many years when it comes to, you know, Satanism and, you know, demonic imagery and, hell, most people feel like most of these artists sign their names in their own blood half the time. <laughs> so do you do you think that that's part of it though do you think that that's something that exists in that industry not just the music industry but just entertainment period so i i think i think i think what the i think what if, if there anything subliminal subliminal is a very deliberate thing you're trying to do mm-hmm. and that's different from saying the music from saying the movie the tv show that's different from saying that. When you say subliminal, that's a very deliberate act. That is, that is, you, I, to me, you have to separate that from from the music itself and say, mm-hmm. if you think that they're putting subliminal messages in there, then you need to play the record backwards. You need to, you need to do whatever mm-hmm. and see if you can find some sort of hidden message. But if there's anything subliminal in there, they're trying to sell records, in my opinion, right? advertisements are are the king of subliminal marketers. They are the king of subliminal messaging and trying to get you to buy something. So so do I think that, that there's a bunch of subliminal... Again, I don't think they're doing anything to, to make you do anything different. Now, uh, they might try to... They might, and this is still a small group of people, they might try to, it might convince somebody to, to try something, right? It might mm-hmm. convince them to try something. But again, they try it, they either like it or they don't. And if they don't, well, they just tried it. They probably won't say nothing to nobody and they'll probably move <laughs> along with the rest of their life <laughs> and be done with it, right? That'll be their Let's secret shame. Let's pretend this never happened. Exactly. (laughs) But again, I don't think it's pulling anything out of anybody who didn't have it there to begin with. So it's just making you more comfortable. In fact, there's even some studies 
I'm sorry I'm not prepared with those studies, but because I looked it up when this whole Pepe Le Pew thing happened. There's been studies on on TV shows and 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 music and all that as far as with kids and what they and what they found out and what they concluded on these studies is that it is not again not pulling anything out of these kids that wasn't just right there anyway. It just made them more comfortable in feeling like that they could do it, right? But if you didn't want to do it, you didn't. I just uh, I, I asked the question because it's 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 kind of part of my answer on it too. Like when it comes to protecting, uh, when it, when you know being selective and whatnot in the content that my kids listen to, I I take I take those notions to be pretty serious, only because that I know that a lot of that like a lot of that subliminal stuff that like like you're talking about it's about mostly like selling products and getting people to fuck around and just go out and buy, buy, buy and just do things and stuff. But I mean, I feel like depending on the people who are in charge of it or the people who run whatever it is or whatever, whoever it is that's putting those messages in there, I think that I think that that it can be triggered or it could be targeted towards anybody because we deal with number one with most of these, most of this music, the majority of this entertainment and stuff, we think about it. Most of it is targeting kids at the end of the day. Kids are the most susceptible to pretty much this, this type of information that's being fed into their minds because they don't know any better, you know? And, and, and the way, and just the way parenting is nowadays and just the way people are, a lot of kids are being raised, are raising themselves at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Most of them are searching for this information and they get they get so much and it's so confusing and it's just there's just nobody there to help them piece it all together and they're left to kind of figure it out on their own. And I don't think that's anything that's really changed between now and the way we were when we were kids, other than the fact that there's social media now. There's so many other avenues and there's so much information that's being flooded into kids' minds and there's so many different avenues on getting this information. But there's a lot of it that's just not really being explained. And I don't feel like I have to protect them against it because it's just like you say, they're going to get it regardless. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if I'm sitting right next to them now. It really doesn't. And if I don't have a relationship with my kids to the point where they're getting that information and they're sitting next to me and they say, hey, dad, what does this mean? That means if, if I'm not getting that, that means I'm doing something wrong. Cause I don't, I don't want my kids to be out here alone trying to figure out or piece this world together or depend on somebody who knows just as less as they do. And they're just taking guesses at it. Cause that's one of the things I dealt with. And it's one of the things I realized on how my youth was when I was growing up, I listened to dudes who knew even less than I did, but were just fucking guessing and, and grasping at fucking straws and shit. And I made so many fucking mistakes. It was crazy. And it's not to say that I don't, I don't I don't want to remove the ability for my kids on self-discovery because some things I think you do have to learn on your own. And there's some things that it's okay for you to piece together, but it's a difference between doing it without knowing that you have support to find the answer if you really need it or just, 
you know, being able to say, hey, if I really don't get it, I can go over here and I can ask my pop. You know what I mean? A lot of us didn't have that when we were kids. I, 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 I had it, but I never took advantage of it. That was one of the biggest things when I was a kid. I, I knew every fucking thing. I was an idiot hmm. at the end of the day. I didn't know a good goddamn thing. And if I was smarter, I would have fucked around and walked over to my dad and said, Dad, I don't know what the fuck this means. Can you help me out with this? Mm-hmm. This this shit is weird. So I I I think there is something missing when it comes to protecting our kids from certain things because I believe they're being left to grow up on their own. And I think that's just the way it's been for a very long time. And I I I don't know. I don't I don't want to call it being overprotective, but I just I like it's like you say, Hud Samori, it's, it's about keeping that line of communication open. Yeah, for me, you know, I, I feel like everything that you're that you're saying right now ties into what I was talking about. I need to make sure that my child has a knowledge of self mm-hmm. and is comfortable with herself and is strong within herself. Because when you're strong within yourself, you can hear certain content and put it in its proper place. Then if you hear, you know, content that supposedly has, you know, homosexual undertones or whatever, or you hear content that is violent and misogynistic towards women, et cetera, et cetera, you could put it in your proper context Mm -hmm. and decide for yourself how you feel about it instead of internalizing it and making it so that that defines you. I think there's a whole lot of little girls running around right now who see the music videos and see the way women are depicted, the way they're treated, the way they're talked about, and they internalize that and say, well, this is clearly I have to, how I have to be, how I have to conduct myself. This, they're clearly telling me how to live my life. You know? And so that's what I want to fight against. I agree with Hudson. I do not believe at all that music can make you into a particular sexual orientation. If that the vast majority of music that I hear is heterosexual. So if that was true, then we'd all be <laughs> heterosexual. Mm-hmm. And this this little bit of music, and it's not even it's not even homosexual music, it's just made by homosexual people. Like I don't know any popping songs about two guys sleeping together. <laughs> it's the artist. I it's, heard that it. one. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So if if the music could dictate what your sexual orientation was going to be, then everybody in America, at least, would be uh, heterosexual. That's clearly not the case. I, I definitely believe that, you know, you are born the way you are born. And the, the fact of the matter is, if my daughter turns out to be lesbian, I still want her to love herself. I don't want her to spend the rest of her life hating herself and believing that she is inherently evil and satanic just because of how she was born. I don't want that. So from that standpoint, I kind of understand the perspective of the people who say that little Nas X might be affecting the kids because kids that are homosexual and maybe would have been more closeted about that and would have been, um, would have made it all internal. Maybe they see little Nas X out here living his best life by his own definition Maybe it makes you be more open and say, you know what? People will accept me as I am. And I I understand that there are some people who will look at that and say that that's negative, that we should be trying to force these kids to adapt to society and adopt certain societal norms. Um, But that's just something that I I personally don't agree with. I think denying something so core to yourself 
ends up becoming destructive, which is why you see so many people in that community who are committing suicide, lives ruined, completely unstable, because at the end of the day, they've never learned how to really accept who they are and try to move forward. So, you know. So is this, so is, is this Satan move just marketing at this point? Because so, for me, it's like if you if, if he clearly came out and I mean, the, the fact that he was homosexual and a rapper and a country star, I mean, in itself, pretty much just, you know, the, him being homosexual is almost secondary at the point when he said he was, you know, he was a country star. And shit. It was right. like, what? Right. <laughs> so I don't understand what the correlation between this move on embracing the satanic thing is perpetuating anything. Like, how is that helping? I can explain it to you. So basically what has happened is um, when Old Country Road, which was his original hit, came out, Mm -hmm. he did, um, not only was he heavily pushing that song, but he was performing it at at, uh, some different schools. And so there are videos of him in front of, you know, dozens, if not hundreds, really, of kids. And they're all jumping up and down and screaming and they're singing the lyrics and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So when he came out as gay, there was a lot of backlash, especially on social media. Of course, there was a huge swell of people who supported him. But there was also a large swell of of people who rose up and basically said, this guy is openly gay. That is uh, sinful and satanic. And he's playing his music in front of our kids He's going to poison our children and make him, them uh, homosexual. And so then what he has experienced is a lot of people sending him messages on social media telling him, you're satanic, you're a tool of the devil, you're not even a real person. The music industry chose you and put you out there as the token black male because they're trying to make all of us homosexual, blah, 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 blah. He's been hearing this kind of criticism for years. And he's finally just kind of decided to snap. And he snapped in smaller ways before then. Like, he's definitely the fight back kind of uh, kind of guy. But mm-hmm. this time he just completely snapped and, you know, made that music video, put Satan in it, came out the satanic shoes. It's basically all a big... So just embrace, embrace the negativity. Embrace the negativity and, and basically... And throw it back in their face. And basically a big F you to... Because... Let's be honest, a lot of people are making these comments. They're Christians, they're Muslims, they're heavily a part of the religious community. Atheists are not the ones running around telling them that he's satanic, you know. So, by basically having this content where he's embracing Satan and presenting himself as satanic, it, 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 it throws it in the face of all the people who have been heavily critical of him. And so the question becomes, you know, there are a lot of people who supported him beforehand and were perfectly fine with him performing in front of kids before. Right. But now he's done all this. Does that maybe change a person's view and yes. make them say, maybe I shouldn't be ha- have my children listening to this person and maybe I shouldn't allow my children to be exposed to him. Now, he, a couple, uh, some people have sent him that message on social media Basically saying, I w- my kids used to listen to you, and now I got to figure out how to weed you out of their lives. Yeah, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> right. He made he made the point that old old town road, his original hit single. He was like, "This is a song where I talk about driving while sipping lean, where I'm having uh, premarital sex with women I barely know." He's listing off all the you know 
not <laughs> the the non-religious things no, no, that are happening right, in this right. song. And so he's like, if you had your child listening to me, that's really your fault. I did not make music that was meant to be played for children, like straight up, you know, now I agree with that. I agree based upon the content, but at the same time, he was, he was singing it for children. He was going around these schools. Right. So there's some hypocrisy there, but it's, it's not a cut and dry situation, which is part of the reason I felt like it was a good topic for today. That's horse shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the fuck that is. That's bullshit. I don't, I don't fucking agree with that bullshit at all. You're not going to fuck around and go to my kid's school, and then when motherfuckers start talking about you, you get so fucking sensitive, you're going to fuck around and come out and say that this shit wasn't meant for kids? Hmm. Well, what the fuck are you talking about? Anything you do that's entertainment-wise is geared towards fucking kids. They're the ones who buy the goddamn records. They're the ones that go to the parents, get the money to buy the fucking records. So you can't sit up here and not take that responsibility. Honestly, Come on I, don't now. Think, I don't think that I, I don't know if I agree with that, though, because frankly, at one, there's a lot of adults who uh, purchase music, who support artists, who will uh, go to their shows and things of that nature. Right. Mm-hmm. And then second of all, I think it does. It does show an issue if you're basically pushing your children towards little Nas X when, again, he didn't really make music for kids. If you're listening to these lyrics, these are not lyrics kids should be listening to. To me, it goes back to like Eminem or when they used to complain about Bone Thugs and Harmony. Like, why are you blaming? There's a there's a mature rating on our CD. Why are you blaming us for your child listening to us? I'm not. See, the thing is, I'm not a person who believes that all content that is created should be geared towards kids. I believe there's some content for adults and there's some content for kids. If your kids are listening to content that is clearly meant for adults, how are you going to blame the artist? Either you need to be blaming the kids or you need to blame yourself. It's just like he said that they've been doing this since the beginning of music and shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, when motherfuckers used to talk about Elvis Presley and rock and roll, that's all fucking adults did. All they did was get that shit towards kids. The music industry has been doing, they've been gearing their music towards kids since it began. And that's what it's always been. This, this ain't the first time we didn't all start talking about, you know, music is fucked up and the devil. They called the, they called rock and roll the devil and shit back in the fucking 40s and the 50s. Mm-hmm. So to sit up and, 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 and even to make that, that, that argument that you have this mature rating, this stick on the bottom of your record, just because legally you're not responsible anymore doesn't mean you're not responsible. You're putting something out there and it, it and it and to an artist, no, it don't matter who the fuck spend their money because all they doing is they counting it or the record company is taking the money and taking it and counting it. Of course they don't care about, you know, what's going on or, or the consequences behind what it is they put out there. It's because they talking about making money. So, so no, when, of course it's not their responsibility legally. Well, but but forget about legal, let's just say morally. Where does that where, where does that end? All right. We have a podcast. We curse on this podcast. We talk about adult subjects on this podcast. Mm-hmm. This podcast is not made for children, but it is possible that a child will listen to it. So if a child listens to it, does a, a parent then have the right to say, you all need to change your content because my child was exposed to you all and the things you talk about and how you talk about them? Like, where does that end? Well, I don't think that's, I think there's a difference in taking responsibility when it comes to it. If a kid hears me cursing on, on, on here and they, and a parent get upset, 
Hey, I'm sorry. I take responsibility for that. I own my cursing. I own my shit. I own it. Whatever I say on here, I own it. Can't nobody sit. I can't sit up here and say, well, I didn't say it. Or we put a disclaimer. No, I own everything I say. And at the end of the day, it's going to be what it's going to be. So you're not saying that he needs to change his content. You're basically saying that he needs to take ownership. Take responsibility of of it. You go fuck around. Your, Your solution to the whole thing was to... You got you got sensitive because they called you demonic because they've been calling homosexuals demonic forever. Mm-hmm. So your solution was to fuck around and embrace the demonic shit, put all these images out there and fuck around and make a shoe with blood in it, and somehow yeah. that makes things hey. better. Hudson, see, what uh, were you about to say? See, uh, where we say embracing it, I, I just don't I don't agree with that term. Mm. You know, I, I think he's making a mockery of them is what he's doing. And and people and people use art all the time to do that. I mean, that's his mm-hmm. voice. That's what he uses to make his statements. So so I mean, it's it's almost the same as telling Kaepernick he can't kneel. Right? It it's we're we're taking his way of expressing himself and saying that what y'all doing is bullshit and he and that's his way of doing it. Now, now when we talk about taking responsibility, I didn't hear anything in there where Lil Nas X wasn't said he's not responsible for what he's saying. What he said, what it sounded like he said was, is that what are you talking about? You've been you've been letting your kids listen listen to me talk about sipping lean while driving. So what are you talking about? Is what it more sounds like to me is what he was saying. Okay. I, I didn't really hear that he's. I, I, no, I'm gonna say, you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think, I mean, I get what you're saying. It seems like it just went so overboard with it. But but we got to understand these arguments on the other side are absolutely ridiculous, too. And they're overboard. And and we're talking about something where they've been, like you said, they've been attacking. They've been attacking the, the, the LGBTQ. I keep getting those letters mixed up. Was that right? LGBTQ plus. You yeah. got it there. Plus. They put a plus on it? Yeah, it's a plus. Uh, all right. They've <laughs> been attacking this community forever and ever and ever. There's still videos out there of them just openly beating people in, mm-hmm. in restaurants and in, in stores, wherever, wherever. And, and so he used his platform. He used what he knows how to do, which is make music. <clears throat> and he put it out there. You know, and, and to me, it wasn't that he was embracing it. He made a mockery of it. Is what it seemed like to me. So my my next question about it is, you know, there are some people saying that the problem isn't really the songs themselves. The problem, people have the issue with everything going on because he's gay. Because, you know, let's be honest about it. It's not like he's really the first artist who has come out that has had some satanic undertones to some of his content. Mm -hmm. People have brought up 3-6 Mafia. <laughs> multiple times. I did not and, know who that. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, that blew my mind. I was like, for real? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, they brought up Three Six Mafia multiple times. Uh, Kanye West to me is the king of having satanic symbols in his music videos. Power is just—I might never let my daughter watch Power. Uh, <laughs> you know. Um, so and Jay Z has had. Um, some questionable materials in his videos as well. So it's not like this is new. So there are some people who are saying the real problem isn't, you know, uh, his music. It's that he's gay. 
people are making a big deal of this because he's gay. So my question is, do you all separate the art from the artist? And are there some specific artists you all do not allow your children to listen to? And Jason, I'll start with you. Uh, there's nobody specific. I mean, I, I haven't reached a point where I've gotten, you know, where I hear my daughter listen to something. I'm like, oh, no, she can't listen to this mother. Uh, when it comes to the artist and their artistry, I believe a lot of it is what you are because it had to come from somewhere. Now, granted, you know, people are the product of their environments and the way they're brought up and stuff like that. But after a while, you embrace that, I think. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's the wrong word to use embrace again. But I think that's something that a lot of I mean, they build their platforms off of. Jay-Z was a self-proclaimed drug dealer at the end of the day. Uh, I dealt drugs in my community. I got rich off of it. And now I'm an entrepreneur who makes money and owns his own basketball team. You know what I mean? But you you did that all for the backs of your people. At the end of the day, you 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 murdered a lot of people <laughs> to get to where you are. And, I mean, people mention that a lot. There are folks that, that are out there that are talking about Lil Nas X like that right now. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, if, if that's what you are, if that's what you've done, if that's where you are and you're, you're at this point now where you're changing your life and, you know, you're trying to do better things and you're trying to bring people up different ways and stuff like that, yeah, that's great atonement. That's, that's a great way of trying to live your life now. But there are a lot of things that people have done to get to where they are that just weren't kosher. And they were able to defend it by calling it art. That's why I kind of don't agree with the whole Lil Nas thing with the, like, I guess it could be an affront to people. It could be making fun of it, but in another way, I mean, to somebody who doesn't really understand what that is he's going through, to either a kid or somebody who's just as confused at his point in his life that he's trying to make this transition. He sees that imagery and he sees this person doing that. At what point in time does that either make him run back into the closet or it just makes him turns him into something that he really doesn't want to be. So I don't, uh, I, it's like I say, like it's, it's, it's a good idea to have an idea of what your children are listening to and what they're thinking about it. So I don't I don't believe there's anything. I hope there's nothing out here that I would have to ban from my house. But I do look at the person that's entering my home and influencing my kid. Mm -hmm. Hudson, what about you? There's so many different aspects to this. You know, I mean, to, to touch on someone like Jay-Z. Right. Uh, I think Jay-Z is a perfect example of what you do is not necessarily who you are, right? I think by trade, Jay-Z is an entrepreneur. And, and uh, you know, and we, and we all know the kind of environments in the, in the 70s, 80s, 90s that we had out there. I, I grew up, like I said, uh, I've said before many times, I grew up in the Harold Icky homes. I couldn't tell you how many people thought they had no choice, you know. And while we know today that, yes, there was a choice when you in it, it it's hard it, to see. It, 
it, it certainly doesn't feel like a choice. So, you know, you remember Vicky and a lot of his things thought he pretty much didn't have a choice to put food on the table and, and rap just happened to happen for him. You know, he, he was able to get in and, and, and get something out of that, right? I, I think Jay-Z is one of those guys where he's not on the side doing a, a million-dollar drug deals on the side while he's selling these records. He was able to walk away from the game because I don't think drug dealing is necessarily who he was. Yeah, he did it, and, and he got money off of it, but there's a lot of people who did what they felt like they had to do, right? Mm-hmm. When you look at a guy like Suge Knight, now there's a perfect example of someone, uh, a thug was who he was. Mm-hmm. And he carried that throughout everything he did. <laughs> Ended up going to jail mm-hmm. <laughs> while he was supposed to be a successful businessman. Right. Right. So clearly that was who he was. So I bring him up to, to show the difference between Jay-Z and Should Knight to show you that difference of what I mean by you not necessarily, that's just not necessarily who you are just because you do it. Now, as far as the artist, I, I, you have to take that into account. Yes. And there's different types of art. So, so let's, let's talk about like a football player, right? I can separate the football player the, from the person he is. I can do that because him throwing the football or catching it or whatever isn't necessarily reflecting on, on the kind of person he is. You know what I mean? It might mm-hmm. speak to his work ethic because he works hard to catch that football. But how many football players have we seen that beat their wives and, and things like that? Mm-hmm. So, so again, that's an example of I can separate the person from the player because those two might not necessarily coincide. Music, on the other hand, you tend to rap, sing, or do whatever about what you know. Right. So it's hard to separate the person from the art in that regard. Um, Now, with that said, you know, again, there's a lot to be said about letting your children get exposed to a lot of different things. So they're not surprised growing up. You know, I mean, when you just put somebody out in the world, you shelter them for 18 years, just completely shelter them. What are you going to do? You're just going to toss them out in the street after that? <laughs> you know, you, you sheltered them from everything, from low nonsense, from, from Jay-Z, from, from everything. You sheltered them. Great job. But now they got to go out there. And what the hell are they going to find? What are they going to find? They're not going to be prepared for anything. But, but back to the question, in some cases, I can separate the artist from the art, from the art. In some cases, I can't. It depends on what the art is, depends on what we're speaking about. And then you gotta—you still have to look at the individual. In, in the case of Jay-Z versus Suge Knight, I still think you got to look at the individual and say, yes, we, we've all may have done some things we're not proud of in the past, right? But it don't necessarily speak to who we are. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like, it, it kind of depends upon the situation. Like there are some pieces of art where I might be like, you know what, my child, I know she can handle this. 
and that we've talked through this before and she understands and therefore I'm comfortable having her listen to something or hear something that maybe is meant for someone who's older than what she is. Um, And then there's other pieces of art where I know I would probably be harsher. Like I remember my nephew, he's very young. I have multiple nephews, but my youngest nephew, I came to the house one day and he was playing, uh, I think it was Grand Theft Auto 4. And Grand Theft Auto is a game where, you know, not only are you, can you kill people and run over people, but you can pick up prostitutes. You know, you can you just do all sorts of crazy adult related things that a young kid should not be exposed to at all, especially to be a young kid who's in a room all by himself. <laughs> you know, like, are you you're not are you even talking with anybody else about what you're seeing and what you're experiencing? And so it's stuff like that where I might see where I might be like, nah, nah, you can't do this. You know, we're going to put in we're going to put some Super Mario Brothers on and <laughs> let you, you know, play some go karts for a while. You know, so but when it comes to music, like like Hudson said, I don't want to be I don't want to put my child in a situation where everything is just brand new. Everything is something that they haven't experienced before. I think that's a recipe for disaster. I think that's a recipe for uh, someone to get wrapped up in a bunch of nonsense that they look at as new and exciting. And, oh, this is such a change for me when really it's just a bunch of negative garbage that you shouldn't have anything to do with because it's only going to take you down a dark path. Man, I can't even play Grand Theft Auto when there's people in the house. (laughs) I bought that game a year and a half ago, and I played it maybe four times. (laughs) Because they've been here for the last year. I Mm -hmm. I forgot I even had the game. I just happened to look in my menu. I was like, oh, wow, I still got Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. Like either the mm-hmm. kids had to be in a deep sleep, or they had to be gone. Like, like they had to go to the mall or something, or school. I, right? I couldn't play. I couldn't play that game while the kids was in the house. I got a, a YouTube channel where I play. You know, a game is made for adults, mature related, rated games where they curse and everything. I waited till nine p.m. when we put the daughter to bed, and when the wife is asleep. And then I play my little video games for a couple hours. <laughs> and then I have to go to sleep and do the whole thing over again. You can't just be playing that all day. You don't want people exposed to that kind of content. So my final question is, you know, with the content that you do expose your children to, what are you looking for your children to get out of it? You know, if you purposefully put some music or, on or uh have them watch a movie or something of that sort. What are you hoping that they'll get out of that content? And Jason, I'll start with you. Honestly, I just hope that they get some kind of inspiration from it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they, they have an opportunity or they feel like that they can do something of that on their own or they're able to, they feel, or, or they have the ability or the, the, you know, the strength to want to actually kind of put their own creativity out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's not for everybody to be like an entertainer or a musician and stuff like that, but I like my kids when they, when they express themselves because they do things and whatnot that are pretty damn amazing to me sometimes. Well, I'm like, wow, I didn't even know you could do that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's cool when I see them express themselves and it sucks when I see them, when they kind of recoil sometimes when they, when they seem like they're a little afraid to 
express or to show who they really are. And, you know, I'm a parent and shit, so I'm always like, man, you fucking awesome. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Let the people see who you are. And Mm -hmm. I know what it is and I know what it's like. I I remember it vaguely when I was a kid where it's just, it's hard. It's hard to do that sometimes when when you're just unsure of yourself and you're still trying to learn things about yourself and you're trying to, you know, figure out what direction and stuff you want to go. And not, not, you know, for a job or career or nothing like that, but shit, just, just, just being able to wake up and say, you know what? I like my hair the way it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I like, I like it when I see artists who express themselves. I like it when I see people who are having fun, who seem to be enjoying what it is they do and they don't make it seem like it's just work all the damn time. You know what I mean? It, I, and I, and when it comes to music and stuff like that, they ain't got to listen to all that happy stuff all the time. I get it. But I I just want them to, to have the inspiration or feel like they have an opportunity to express who they are in whatever fashion they, they choose to do it. Because nice. I'm pushing them for it. I'm like, hey, I, I think y'all are beautiful. And I think people, once you get out here in the world and you start showing people who you are, I think you I think you'll find out you're spectacular. And Absolutely. other people will notice that. Absolutely. Hudson, what about you? Uh, I mean, I just like to expose them to a lot of different things. Like, um, you know, heck, uh, stuff stuff. I don't, you know, uh, for me, it, it's it's mostly um, stuff we might see on TV because we, uh, we don't listen to a whole lot of uh, different types of music, uh, per se. Um, but but uh like like recently just started getting into American Idol because my oldest likes to sing. I, I ain't watched American Idol since Fantasia. <laughs> okay. That was the last time I watched American Idol. <laughs> and so you know, when I saw it was coming on, I was like, all right, let me see if she let me see if she'll get into it, you know, because she <laughs> likes to sing and, and you know, and make noise and do all that. Let me see if she likes this, you know, and, and I'll watch certain things just to just to let her see it, see how she feel about it and and kind of go from there. Um, I'm not looking for anything particular out of it. I mean, it, it's just really there for entertainment. If I if I turn on PBS, then I mean, that's for that, that's just something safe for them. Yeah, they're going to learn something possibly. It's just something safe for them to watch that I can leave the room, you know, and know mm-hmm. that, you know, nothing I need to explain really is on there. And, and since it's PBS, she feels comfortable in asking about anything on there. Now the goal is to get her, if she sees something else that for her to come and, but she almost kind of knows that this is something, Hey, uh, you know, maybe I shouldn't have watched, so right now she's at that stage of being nervous about coming and asking because she feels like she might be in trouble for watching it or something. So, you know, just trying to get her to that stage where she'll ask questions if, if she got them. Uh, but still, at, at this young of age, I'm not trying to expose her to a bunch of, a bunch of mature stuff at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have no real expectations. Um you know, I'm not looking for, I'm not even looking for educational. You know, you want to turn on PBS, like I said, it's just something safe that I, that I know 
<laughs> that <laughs> that mostly they'll understand and, and mostly they'll right. come ask if she has questions about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, um, I just want to put things in front of my children that help them in, enjoy life. Like I want my kids to get the most out of life. And I think it's so important, you know, that everybody travels, go outside of their usual comfort zone, watch things that maybe you would you usually wouldn't watch, you know, try to understand that there's a whole world outside of just your block and that it's there for you to explore and enjoy and to delve into. You know, I just want I want my kids to understand there's a world of possibilities out there for you. Nobody is trapping you. Nobody has you locked in. Nobody is forcing you along a particular path. You are fully capable and able to choose the path that you desire most. And so I want to try to put content in front of them that is going to help push home that message. And, you know, she's only three now, so she's still looking at Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. But over time, Mm. (laughs) we will see how it goes. (laughs) <laughs> Tell her to come up with the remix. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> she knows enough of it <laughs> to oh be able God. to do it again. <laughs> I remember that song in my nightmares. And shit, Jack. That was 5.30 in the morning. Like, oh, my God. It's the damn Mickey Mouse Club. Oh. Yep. That's the way she is, too. <laughs> Consistently. Appreciate you, brothers. Appreciate the discussion. I want to thank all of you for joining us here at SGH Man Cave. We appreciate you spending time with us today. Remember that you can hear this and other episodes on all your major podcast platforms. We're on YouTube at SGH Man Cave. Once you're there, please hit that subscribe button, like, and leave a comment. You can also like, share, and follow us on Facebook at SGH Podcast Family and at SGH Man Cave. I would like to thank my two fellow podcasters, Jason and Hudson, for keeping it real. Until next time, this is your host, Samori, signing off.